it's time to bark at the moon. I've got Al Sedano back with me, and we're here to talk about more Werewolf by Night. We're going to finish off the Marvel Spotlight issues in this episode, and then in the next episode, dive right into his regular series. So hang on, because the Mike Plug artwork is out of this world, and the scripts by Jerry Conway are fantastic, so hold on to your hats. Tonight, you are about to begin a journey into terror. When the world isn't the same as our minds believe, then we are in a nightmare. And nothing is worse than a nightmare. Except one you can't wake up from. Two more kids were killed last night. The cycle has begun. Now there's silver bullets in that gun. You can end the curse by severing the original bloodline. What's happening to you? I did it. I killed last night, Kelly. You're one of mine, aren't you? I don't want to be like this. You come to kill me. <laughs> You're gonna send a bounty hunter after this kid? What the hell you got in there? I don't know. <laughs> Lock your doors. Turn off the lights. Find a chair that's comfortable and safe. Prepare yourself for Werewolf. Next. Hey everybody, welcome to the Bronze Age of Horror Comics. Uh, here with another episode and going to be talking some Werewolf by Night. And of course that means I'm joined by my buddy Al Sedano from the Resurrections Podcast. How are you, Al? I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking forward to getting into these two. There's some weird stuff in them. Yeah, we're going to cover Marvel Spotlight 3 and 4 uh, in this uh, episode just because, you know, they're... They're not super long, heavy issues, so we figure, you know, we could do two at a crack here. So we're, we're picking up right from where we left off at Marvel Spotlight 2. You know, same creative team here with uh, Jerry Conway and Mike Plug, right? Yeah. Well, let's face it. I mean, they're fun, but this is not Tuma Dracula. Tuma Dracula is the cream of mm. the 70s Marvel crop. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is just... Yeah. This is good and fun. But it's not going to, for the most part, I don't think it's going to be as deep or heavy or give you as much to talk about as per issue as Tomb. Yeah, Tomb was definitely a lot heavier. This was more of a, you know, one and done issues kind of fun. You know, you liked it. You know, you got some good artwork in here. But yeah, there was not really a really good, deep, you know, ongoing story with this title. At least and not, you're not much at all. Yeah, And you're not even up to the part yet where you actually get the regular ongoing writer who's going to be putting in, you know, the regular subplots and everything. Mm hmm. Yep. 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 But yeah, I mean, like we said, you know, fun stuff, though. You know, you got the Plug's artwork, a great horror artist, you know, great artist overall, but definitely, you know, one of my, uh, you know, uh, uh, top horror artists, especially of the 70s. He was he was oh, right there with everybody else. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. He uh, that, that, like the first page of number three. Oof. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, Marvel Spotlight number three, and this is uh cover date May 1972. And uh yes, Mike Plug uh, pencils and inks, and then uh some letters by Sam Rosen. So well, why don't we talk about the cover here quick first to number three? What do you think of this one? This one is uh it's a pretty good cover. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 a fun thing. You know, you you know already who the bad guy is. Plus she advertise it by making sure her hairdresser knew. No, 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 don't just put like have the white. I don't want the white throughout. Dye the rest, but let the white stay on the big evil streaks. Mm -hmm. Kind of a, a little bit of a Bride of Frankenstein hairdo here. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. When you're asking for the Bride of Frankenstein, you're, every, even your hairdresser knows, yeah, there's something up with you. 
Yeah, there, I just we've thought got, you were a bad tipper. Yeah, we've got a lady here uh, who ends up being uh, Andrea Timley is her name, and she's pointing at uh, our buddy Werewolf by Night, who's chained up in some basement here, and we see a, a hand, like a metallic clawed kind of hand, and it says, the thing in the cellar. And she says, slay him, Craig. The werewolf must die. So good stuff there. I like it. Pretty good cover. Yeah, and you know what? This is one of the covers where definitely this, when this era of Marvel where they had like these uh, borders on the cover, mm-hmm. where it was just almost like a panel, sh- you know, like instead of a full cover, it was like a yeah. big panel. Like a this portrait. one kind of works. Yeah, they did a lot of these in the 70s, and most of the time I like them. Sometimes they're they're not the greatest, you know, when they kind of do, like you said, like a panel or a portrait or something like that. But this one looks pretty good. I think it's, you know, the layout's good, and Plug did a great job with everything here. And then I'm not sure who the colorist was because for some reason colorists, whether you're talking Marvel or DC from this era, they kind of got the short change. Uh, they sometimes didn't get the credits <laughs> for the covers, although it could have been Plug. True. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he did a lot of his own work, you know, wholesale, I think. Uh, so it could have been him. But, yeah, no no credit there, which kind of sucks. But all right. Well, yeah, like we said, Jerry Conway and Mike Plug, and then Letters by Sam Rosen. And I'll just do, you know, there's a quick little one-liner here on uh, comics.org. It just says, uh, synopsis, Andrea Timley captures Jack Russell and tries to get the location of the Darkhold from him. And, well, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> we can go a little deeper here, but uh, that's kind of what happens. You know, we get the... Like you said, that opening splash page, this is an incredible splash page. Why don't you try to describe this one? Well, you have the werewolf standing on like a little, not like a beach, but like a, a, something over the ocean with a tree there, you know, full moon out, tree is all dead looking. It's appropriately creepy. Mm-hmm. And in the water below him is the is the uh, Jack Russell's face itself, mm-hmm. like staring up at the werewolf. And when I read this, because I was in a uh, I decided not to read this one with the essential. I read this on the Marvel Unlimited. It was mm-hmm. pretty cool because you saw the uh, page quickly, and I even noticed Jack Russell's face. And then it, you know, does the panel by panel, so you see like the first top of the panel with the whale, and then goes to the bottom. And I was like, "Oh crap! I didn't see that." Mm. There's yeah, the yeah, it's a really neat design. And then you know, I'm a sucker for some uh, purple prose here too. So we have a what looks like a, a, a scroll, and <laughs> down in the left hand corner, and it says first night." I'd wandered for hours, not believing what had happened to me, that a curse from a father I'd never known had turned me into a wolf on the eve of my 18th birthday and would continue to change me on each night of a full moon until I died. (laughs) Love it. I love that kind of stuff, man. That's great. I could read that all night long. (laughs) So melodramatic. Jack is so melodramatic. But then again, he's like, what, I forget, 18 or 19 now? Yeah, I was going to say, these teenagers, give me a break. <laughs> uh, he gets very melodramatic. We'll get to that later, but there's another part where he gets super melodramatic. It's like, dude, seriously. Yeah, so we, and this one's interesting. So, you know, you get that right out of the gate, which is like, cool. You're like, all right, he's already in a werewolf form. We're going to get some werewolf action. But then you turn the page and <laughs> the werewolf action, you know, gets put on hold for, you know, a couple of pages here. Is, you know, we got a cop, uh, I guess he was chasing some uh, unruly bikers around and he lost them. And then uh, they're uh, sitting back trying to evade the police. And we see Jack's sister, Lisa, and she's blasting around in her car. And she's going up to the family's like kind of, I don't know, like maybe a vacation home or something like that by the beach. They yeah, have and, They have a beach house. Yeah. Well, so they, they got, got a got castle. Money. They got they got a <laughs> castle. So, you know, they got, they got money. Yeah. And then these bikers see her and they chase her. And it's like, oh, boy, this, you know. 
this is not going to end well for her. So you're kind of like a little creeped out here. But uh, as soon as they kind of get close and act like they're going to try to do her some harm, the next thing you know, back to the werewolf. And here comes Jack smashing through things. And I love that. It's uh, page five when he uh, makes his presence known and comes diving down at these guys. That's a really good panel there, him dump, jumping down. Oh, yeah. But so he was just hanging out at the house waiting to change. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> he was nothing better to do. <laughs> mm, looks really good, though. Good panel, him coming down there and. You know, the bikers, of course, are like, holy crap, what's going on here? And this is enough to scare, you know, the Hell's Angels away. And they all take off. But I guess the ruckus, you know, alerted the cop. And he shows up. And, you know, just as in the issue before, we get cops uh, shooting at Jack because they don't know how to handle him any other way. So uh, they shoot him. And he goes into the forest here to hide. Yeah, he's like, I like the whole, like, half intelligence thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. He's just got enough smarts to, you know, know to hide if there's cops around or they're shooting at him, you know, but sometimes the, uh, the animalistic side is he just kind of takes over and he just can't help himself, but go a little yeah, crazy. It's like a semi-intelligent wolf. You know, where mm -hmm. do they run to the forest? Yes. Yes. The forest. That's where I go to find prey to kill. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but then uh, he doesn't go too far from the house. He's kind of still hanging around there. His uh, father, oh, I'm sorry, uh, stepfather shows up and this other creepy dude. And at first we don't know who this guy is, but then we see that the creepy dude looks over into the forest here and he actually sees Jack. So, you know, Jack's hurt and he's tired. So he kind of lays down and then, you know, wakes up the next morning with this, you know, kind of a, it'll be a bit of an ongoing routine for a while where, you know, it's a full moon and it's nighttime and he's running around going crazy. And then, you know, he kind of sleeps it off. Uh, Incredible Hulk, you know, style, Bill Bixby style, wakes up the next morning. Yeah, wakes up again. Yeah, exactly like that with no shirt, torn, you know, no shoes, torn <laughs> pants. Uh -huh. And this, uh, this creepy dude that saw him shows back up and uh, uh, his name is Nathan Timley. So, you know, we already saw, saw from the cover, we said there's a Andrea Timley, so I think we know where this is going. Yeah, and you know what? This It was either this issue or the next, I forget which, but his, the, the stepfather's name is mentioned now. Uh, Phil, uh, was it Philip Russell? Yes. So the name, I didn't realize, so they were Russoff, and then his father died, and she moves and marries someone with the name Russell? Well, yeah, that's I convenient. Yeah, I always thought that was kind of weird. I always thought to myself, did they kind of make a mistake there? Was like the name Rusoff, you know, Americanized to Russell when they moved or what? I don't know. That always seemed a little weird to me, a little convenient. That's what I always assumed. Like, I just assumed it was that. And the stepfather, I just assumed the stepfather had a different last name. But it's somewhere in this issue or the next where he's actually called Philip Russell. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, so that is his name. Yeah, well, that's simple. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then I, I, I'm sorry. It wasn't Hell's Angels. It was the Hell Runners was the biker gang. Yet. <laughs> yeah, he didn't, he didn't commit enough crimes yet to get his nickname, but yeah, Hell but, Runners. Yeah. Based on comics and movies from the times, I have to assume the set early 70s, biker gangs were just running around everywhere. I think, what, like half the population of America was a biker gang? Absolutely. Yep, everybody was throwing on a bandana and a, a beat-up pair of jeans, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but, all right, so then this creepy Nathan Timbley guy uh, picks up uh, Jack and says, like, hey, pal, like, I saw you last night, I know you're the wolf, blah, 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 and picks him up and just starts driving to, like, basically, like, 
the Hollywood Hills. There's some kind of crazy, like, I wouldn't say a mansion, but some really big, nice house out there. And, uh, you know, he brings Jack in and introduces him to uh, his, uh, I'm assuming it's his wife. Although I did think this was interesting. A few different times, you know, like we said, you know, the first time they introduce her, they say, you know, her name is Andrea Timley. And that's what everything credits her as. But then a few times during the book, I don't know if we can blame uh, Sam Rosen, the letterer here, but I think they called her Agatha at another point. And I thought maybe, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. something else. Might have been yeah. three different names for her. <laughs> we'll just call her Andrea. <laughs> yeah, it, it has to be some kind of mansion because, I mean, it's not cheap to have a de- basement dungeon. I've looked into that and it's not cheap. Yeah, you got to fork out some serious money if you want that. <laughs> so, but Jack, yeah, he's still uh, not feeling so great from his uh, experience the night before. And uh, he passes out and then uh, they chuck him in the old dungeon and chain him up. And then this is where we see this. Uh, I don't know what you'd call him. Not a Frankenstein monster type guy. He's more Igor, Igor, Igor type. Yeah, yeah, and but he has the uh, the the crazy metal clawed hand uh, that we saw on the front cover there, and his name is Craig, and you know he seems like he's almost like a like you said, yeah, like a servant type, but he's also the the muscle here. And this Andrea, we find out that she knows about this book called The Darkhold that uh, Jack's real father uh, had in his possession, and has to do with. Uh, well, right now it just has to basically do with the, the werewolf curse, but you know we'll find out down the line. It has a lot to do with many things. Yeah. Oh God. Yes. Yeah. So much stuff with the Darkhold. I mean, it's it's wrapped up in everything. Yeah. Basically, anything evil, magical, mystical, and supernatural, it's it's had a hand in. Yeah. And we get to the part page twelve, which I love. So they've been following him. They know what's going on with him, and Nathan still goes at night on the full moon to to give him food. <laughs> yeah big mistake there so you know <laughs> it's like did you it's like okay so we got this guy jack we got it you know he's found him half naked because of what he did the day before he knows about the dark hole. what's the thing i'm forgetting what oh the werewolf thing i always forget the werewolf thing yeah it's like oh he turns into a savage beast that could tear my head off but i'm gonna bring him some you know leftover lasagna or something here it's like okay dude he's so he yeah he almost gets killed here but then crag shows up and He's a pretty tough customer, so he's able to, you know, tear Jack off of him, and they have a little bit of a scuffle there. But uh, Andrea then comes in and says, "Hey, calm down." And then here we are on page what is this fourteen? Where here it is, Agatha. They call her. Yes. <laughs> the first panel on page fourteen. Down page one. Yes, yes, Agatha. I'm like, did I miss something here? Is there, you Jerry, know, uh... Jerry's having flashbacks writing Fantastic Four? Maybe. I mean, I, I, he's written that before, but I mean, I'm not sure if he's written that before this, but. Maybe he's thinking back at the Harkness. Yeah, it was just kind of weird to me. I thought to myself, what? what I had to go back. I'm like, no, it's Andrea. And that's what she's listed as. You know, whatever, you know, you use for your information on these issues. All of them say Andrea. So it's like, yeah, it must have been a, a gaffe there. But, yeah, you know, you'll have this when there's a you know, little editorial oversight. <laughs> yeah, someone wasn't paying attention. Yeah. So. All right. But then, you know, it's like we said, it's she's really into this book, man. She knows all about it and she knows it's, you know, whoever holds this book is, you know, going to have some some power. So she keeps basically trying to beat the crap out of Jack or have Craig do it to uh, find out about this book. And at this point, he's heard of it. 
And that's all he knows about it. He really knows nothing else about this and doesn't even know its whereabouts. But she she's doesn't not- even mention the name of the book to the guy she's questioning him. Like, at least mention what it <laughs> is. I mean, what if the guy has like six books? He's like, oh, yeah, he's got books. I don't know. What do you want? Well, yeah, because as the Marvel Bronze Age goes on, they do, you know, have other books. And I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain to think if, you know, any of them have names. Book of Cagliostro. I think that's one of them that was in Doctor Strange. And there are different books. So, yeah, what if he has like a whole library full of occult texts? Yeah, I don't know. You know, <laughs> it's like at least say the name, lady. Come on. If you're, when you're questioning people for something, tell them what you want. Yeah, be a little more specific. <laughs> but it's kind of a routine here. She'll like slap them around and have the crag beat on him a little bit but he's just like look i I don't know what you're talking about like i don't know where this stupid book is and you know eventually though he turns into the werewolf again and breaks his chains and gets loose and you know it's uh the the fight is on with crag and the werewolf here again and it goes about you know as well as you'd expect but at some point here I think Craig kind of is getting the upper hand on him and has yes, Jack he that he's has Jack down. Like he's ready to do like, you know, a killing blow here. And then uh, something very fortuitous happens. Lightning. <laughs> yeah, a lightning rain, the thunderstorm. Is light. <laughs> well, it makes it. I mean, Hey, Jack's lucky because he still has like the metal bands on his arms from the chains. The chains are broken off, but he still has the metal bands. So he's lucky that whole, that he's finding a guy with a whole metal arm. Mm hmm. That attracted yeah. the lightning to him instead of it, you know, to, to Craig instead of him. But yeah, Craig dead. Yeah. Oh, I did forget to mention, too, before uh, Craig gets the uh, the zap here from his uh, metal hand and the lightning bolt, he kills that uh, creepy Nathan guy. <laughs> yeah, by accident. Yeah, I mean, it's an Ooh, accident, whoopsie. but that's, that's the end of him. So we have Andrea or Agatha, whatever you feel like calling her this moment. Uh, she's still uh, kicking, and... This is an interesting scene here. So it's a, it's like a half-page splash by Plug where up in the right-hand corner, or I'm sorry, the left-hand corner, you see Craig, and he says, and because of it, you must die. And he's, you know, like ready to give the deliver the killing blow on Jack. And then on the right-hand uh, top corner, you see him raise his hand, and that's where he gets zapped. And then as this happens, you know, he, he just dies right there on the spot from getting zapped by the lightning bolt. And we have Andrea... She's just over kind of pulling a jack here in front of the moon, like do striking a pose like for a picture or something. I don't understand what she's up to. Yeah, I will say I do like this panel because it's like one panel, but split up into four parts, like four panels mm-hmm. with the uh, yeah. the tree and, you know, the sky being used as like panel borders so that it's really cool looking. Yeah, it's it's a very again, a very neat uh, uh, panel page construction here by Plug and Jack's there and he's kind of you know, acting as if he's going to pass out, which, you know, again, that's, that's, that's what he do. Um, but yep. he looks, he looks back at the like precipice there and Andrea is gone. And he's like, it must've been a dream. So that was interesting, but we go back to uh, inside the castle or villa or whatever you want to call it. And then she's there and she's trying to perform some kind of, you know, arcane magic. And I guess, you know, you kind of need the dark hold in your possession to be able to pull it off. And she doesn't have it, so she dies. That's kind of weird. Yeah, it was weird. I would have liked something to maybe imply either she's impatient or, like, there's something that has to be done that night, and that's why she needed the Darkhold, and since she didn't have it, it was worth trying anyway. Because it's like, well, if you don't have the thing you need, why did you do it? 
It's yeah. like saying, I have to go get gas to the lawnmower so I can mow the lawn. But I didn't get a chance to mo- get gas, and the lawnmower has no gas. I'll still try mowing the lawn anyway. Yeah, you're out there firing it up, pulling on the cord, and there's no gas in it. But, yeah, it's really weird. She's in this really cool panel where she's, like, gesturing in front of, like, this crazy-looking mirror with a skull, and there's a candle burning there, which is awesome. And it says, I guess this is Jack monologuing. He says, in my dreams, I saw her again, meaning uh, Andrea, and I saw her in a darkened room trying to evoke long-dead gods, trying without the information she needed from the book called Darkhold, trying and failing, and in the failure, meeting her penultimate end. So her penultimate end, does that mean she has another end coming? Well, you know, <laughs> I think when you mess with these kind of things, you get many ends. I mean, yeah. just because you this ended, I mean, think about like uh, something like uh, okay, Hellraiser. Oh, right. You know? <laughs> Dying was not the worst thing that's going to happen. Well, yeah, it's what happens she, afterwards. Yeah, and it, she does. It does show her in her death throes, and as she's you know gyrating, she knocks over like a candelabra here, and it lights the place on fire. And I guess she gets burnt to a crisp. So, all right, well, problem solved. Yeah, okay, that's the end of her. No, no more worries that she's going to beat you down asking for a book. You have no idea where it is, but you know we got a final uh, half page there, Jack, and he's you know monologuing again and. We see the wolf in the background there in the, the clouds. And that's cool because it's not even the full wolf face. It's like a partial, mm-hmm. almost obscured. I, I didn't even notice it until literally 20 seconds before you said something. Yeah, it's a neat. It's very neat. You know, you, like you said, you're looking at it on Unlimited. I'm not sure what the color scheme is because I'm looking at it in the essential here. But it's even in black and white. It's still pretty cool. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's that's it for number three. So then, uh, what are your thoughts overall on that one? Not a bad done-in-one story. Like I said, the main issue I had was that her motivation for needing the Darkhold was a little vague. Because it doesn't make, because like the ending makes a little less sense. You just need like a line or two that she needs, you know, she has to do this now. Or showing how impatient she is. Some, she is something to show, well, why is she no longer a problem now? Why does she do the stupid thing and get killed? It was almost yeah. like it was, you know, the only reason it almost seems like the only reason she did was because, well, we're not going to use her again. We got to kill her. Yeah, I almost feel like they this could have been a two parter and they could have gone a lot more in depth and expanded her character quite a bit. Or made her like a um, background villain. Yeah, like maybe something hunting recurring. Him. Yeah, hunting him, would've... hunting the dark hold. He has to he not just needs it to find out what's going on with him, but he has to keep her from getting it because obviously whatever she wants is a bad idea. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely, there was definitely more story to be told there, especially from the Darkhold and Andrea yeah. Timley's uh, side there for sure. But like I said, still good done in one. Yeah, no, good done in one. The, the Timley and Craig stuff, and for the most part, her was fine. And at least it's, you know, gives a reason for self instead of just randomly everyone, you know, is him forgetting each month, oh, I'm going to be a wolf and getting in random things. They came after him already. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so yeah, two two thumbs up. Fun issue. So, uh, all right, well, if you're ready, we can move on to Marvel Spotlight number four. And for me, this is actually a comic I own. I don't remember oh. wh- when or where I got this, but I've had it for quite some time, for the longest time. I didn't have any single issues of Werewolf by Night, even in the top, like, you know, one through ten of the regular series, but I had this one. And again, I don't nice. remember where I got it. It's in decent shape too. So it must've been quiet a few years ago because I noticed, 
I was actually uh, pondering selling it, believe it or not, because I'm greedy. And I saw once the Darkhold started to make the rounds on television series and movies, uh, people were hyping this issue four up as uh, the first appearance of the book. Uh, I'm not sure if that actually happens, maybe in a flashback or something, but uh, people were hyping this as that. It is in there. I remember seeing it. So it was uh, going for a good buck, and I thought, ooh, I could sell this, and I still have it in the essentials. And I was like, no, 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 I'm going to keep it. I really like this one because the, the nostalgia of me being able to read this old Werewolf by Night story even before I had the essentials was uh, really cool. I couldn't let it go. No, I understand that. But, yeah, I, I get the temptation. There's sometimes some things I'm like, maybe I should sell this sucker. Mm-hmm. It's like, I bought that. Trust me, I'm, still, I'm still trying to find my issue of Black Knight number one from the miniseries from the 90s because apparently he got pretty popular briefly because of uh, his appearance in Eternals. Oh, that's actually a really good miniseries. Doctor Strange is in that one. Yeah. That's a really good miniseries. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. So June 1972, Marvel Spotlight number four. And once again, Mike Plug is uh, our cover artist. So. Uh, thoughts on this cover? It's a, it's an interesting cover too. Yeah, definitely a, a bit reminiscent of the last one. In fact, you still got like something that looks like a basement dungeon in chains. Mm-hmm. Seems to be the ongoing theme, but I mean a little more different than that. This is more of a mad scientist. It feels like they're kind of evoking like '30s horror elements. Like the last one had like this whole, mm-hmm. you know, castle basement dungeon with a monster inside. This one also has like a castle basement laboratory with a monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, plus we have a goon with a machine gun shooting at Jack as he's smashing through the door to uh, come in here and cause some havoc. And I do like how Jack looks. He looks really crazy and menacing and scary. And then we have a uh, a young lady on the left here. And uh, when I first got this comic and looked at it, I thought, oh, man, the, uh, you know, the, the cover artist here messed up. He didn't give her uh, eyes any pupils. But we're going to learn that's actually pretty accurate here. Yeah, that was intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, her, I was like, that's good, good, you know, good work. Yeah, her name is Marlene Blackgar. And then, of course, like I said, we have Werewolf by Night. And then the goon's name is Garth, apparently. And then uh, the monster of the week on the cover here is Stroog. Um, and it says, danger and death stalk the Isle of the Doomed. And um, <laughs> without going into it too much, again, a, a quick little synopsis. Jack Russell travels to an island while searching for the Darkhold. While there, he is turned into stone. So, spoiler alert, but um, this is a very much an Island of Dr. Moreau <laughs> story. Oh, yeah. Just with a werewolf running around. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, just let's like, what what happens if we throw away? It's like uh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Like, yes. What happens if we throw zombies in there? What happens if we throw a werewolf in there? <laughs> yep, yeah, and, and we find out here, but... Uh, this is not you know what that's not a bad idea though i mean you have it's already a classic like horror type story so now you're throwing in something else you know you're throwing your thing into the mix Mm -hmm. yeah there's there's a a fly in the ointment here and it's it's our buddy jack so and it does pick up you know right from the, the last issue sort of uh we see on the splash page here island of the damned and i love how it has that at the bottom with the you know it's in red and the border around it's yellow. It looks really good, really catches your eye. And Plug does a really crazy splash page here. How about it? Oh, God, that splash page is awesome. It really does. I mean, he's waking up from a dream and really does feel like a, a visual version of waking up from a nightmare. You can see he's sitting in the house. He must be in the house because he's in the chair. 
You can see a curtain rustling behind him, but like as the chair gets the lower part of him and the lower part of the chair is like melting into this image of just like faces and the werewolf and just like crazy. And it's mm -hmm. probably what's going through his head because I mean, every time we see Jack himself, he's like covered in sweat and freaking out. Yeah, this this uh, splash page is interesting. It reminds me a little bit of Tom Sutton, you know, that the, the swirling and the the faces and ghosts or whatever on the side there. That kind of reminds me of Sutton a little bit. It also reminds me of a more primitive version, so to speak, of what Bill Sienkiewicz would do, especially like I didn't read his Moon Knight stuff, but on New Mutants. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. Where like absolutely. there would be like the panel and the person and like it would change lower to like whatever they represent, like something like like the Demon Bear story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, this that definitely in, uh, evokes that uh, that work as well. Absolutely, totally agree with you. Yeah, I would not be surprised if this is something he had read and like went, I could do something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Plug, I think he, you know, he was that good in the seventies that he uh, had a lot of people that were, you know, checking out his stuff and, you know, not necessarily trying to copy him, but definitely using some of his stuff for inspiration. Oh, yeah, and that's exactly what I'm thinking of. It was an inspiration for Sienkiewicz because mm -hmm. it's yeah. very evocative, you know, reminds me of the type of stuff he does. Yeah, and you figure just, you know, a few years down the road, here's when he was going to start, you know, getting into yep. the biz and doing some spot jobs and stuff like that. So, yep, wouldn't be surprised. All right, so this is going to be an interesting one. So not only do we have the island of Dr. Moreau, you know, and then throw Jack in the mix and this dark cold business here going on, but we actually, you know, uh, are introduced to a character that's going to be a recurring character for quite some time in the pages of uh, Werewolf by Night, and that's a guy named Buck Cowan. <laughs> what do you think of yes. this guy? <laughs> well, I have to double-check something. Now, what's the cover date on this again? Uh, I believe this one is June of 72. Okay, never mind. I thought he they were doing their version of Kolchak. Oh, okay. That was sometime in 72. I know when that movie came out that first that, time. Oh, that's right. The movie. I was looking for the TV show. Yeah, I think the movie was somewhere in the summer 72. So maybe this Col predated The Night it, Stalker though. was 72. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good movie, too. Love that one. <laughs> that's, I didn't see the movies. I've seen the TV show, but I've not had a chance to watch the movies. Oh, that first one with the vampire one is very good. I think it's much better than the Night Strangler. Yeah. Okay. Jan I just found on IMDb. January 11th, 1972. Wow. So, yeah, that maybe they were using that for this guy because that's definitely predates this. <laughs> if it's a June cover date, that would have meant it came out probably what? Uh... March 28th is the uh, alleged on sale date. So just about April. So, so that means they would have be. been working on it in January. Yeah. Could, could it be? All right, so yeah, so Buck Cowan here, you know, he introduces himself as a writer, and he's maybe our, our, our Kolchak uh, standing here. That, quite, he does quite, kind quite of resemble possibly. a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's like got the crazy of, hat. Yeah. yeah, kind of a caricature of Darren McGavin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he actually doesn't look too far off. And, you know, he's creeping around, and he tells uh, Jack, after Jack almost beats the crap out of him, that he's, he's a writer, and, you know, he's like, hey, you know, I'm... Uh, Talking about you know, writing about, you know, this uh, a piece on the occult, you know, and that's how I found about the dark hold and all and your in your old man's castle. And uh, he says uh, that, you know, they the uh, old man, the stepfather, uh, he sold the castle and he's like, oh, boy. And he's like, yeah, he sold it to this guy named uh, <laughs> some dude named Blackgar and he had it shipped stone by stone from Europe. 
and it's on the coast off the Monterey coast. So Jack's like, oh boy. So, you know, the two of them uh, kind of scheme that they want to figure out what's going on over uh, on this uh, coastline where this uh, book is and now this uh, f- uh, family uh, castle of Jack's. Yeah, which they happen to just, <laughs> I like that he had it shipped stone by stone. You got to figure Blackguard must have some money because, I mean, this has only been a, I mean, let's forget the time, you know, the books came out themselves. This is only supposed to be like a few months. It said somewhere in this, like this issue was like, or the last one, it's only been a few months. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously he's only turning the werewolf at the full moon. He's not turning every night. No. Nope. So yeah. it's been a couple of months only since this guy got that stuff shipped over already. That's fast. I mean, mm-hmm. we can't even get the dr- the highway done here in like, you know, a year, let alone. <laughs> yeah, and somehow this guy ship, shipped stone by stone. So what did he have, like a little rowboat and just one stone at a time? He couldn't even get two or what? He has that <laughs> cash, like, no, working fast. He did not hire the crew from the money pit. <laughs> no, he did. Two weeks, two weeks. <laughs> He's like, here's an extra five, 10 grand if you're done in two weeks. Mm, it's so great oh man so yeah so we got this little plot here uh by uh they set up like a little yeah a little plot together to like the fake out the stepfather yep and use his little that's it's it's a boat at some point they call it a yacht but it's it's not that big it's it's like a it's it's like not much bigger than you know uh, gilligan's and the skipper's boat (laughs) from gilligan's island here (laughs) what the best part is because they have buck dressed up as a sailor so he's mm-hmm. in the typical, he looks like Shipwreck from G.I. Joe. <laughs> he does. <laughs> and, and the plot is to say, we have to move your boat for whatever reason. I'm from the, mm-hmm. you know, from the Mar- Mariner thing. We got to move your boat, but we need your permission. You know, they say, you know, call him, save your permission. He's like, oh, sure. I called him. He's like, you know what? I'll go with you. It's like, uh, and Jack's like, uh, I'll have to go by myself. You're going to stall him. So what does Buck do? Fakes a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, he's old war wound acts up a bit sometimes and he's like and he's grabbing his chest <laughs> he looks like he's faking a heart attack and using the wrong arm mm, it's fantastic yeah and there's the stepfather sitting there with his pipe puffing away looking at him like this old kook <laughs> but there goes Jack he jumps on the boat and apparently he's an accomplished sailor because he knows how to you know do well, operate a boat all by himself I guess if they have if this is like their yacht or you know boat or whatever he's been on it enough that maybe he paid enough attention then yeah <laughs> but yeah it doesn't take long that uh you know he starts hitting the 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 rough seas here and water's coming in the boat and a wave comes in and knocks him over and uh, as he's ready to try to get up there somebody's on his boat and we see this uh this kooky guy here with his uh machine gun and he says uh you know where you know who are you and he's like none of your business and he's like you know, we're going to uh, <laughs> we're going to take it to the island nearby and uh, we're going to scuttle this boat of yours. And he puts a bunch of bullet holes in it. And it sinks. <laughs> so Jack's grounded, right? <laughs> yeah. So Jack's Jack's screwed. But they get to the island and he meets this uh, Miles Blackguard character. And he's, you know, this uh, enigmatic kind of character here. And he's trying to be all like, you know, secretive about some stuff. But really loose lipped about other things. And then we uh, see his daughter, Marlene as well, who's wearing sunglasses, which is uh, there's a specific reason for that. Who uh, is it? I'm trying to remember which other one of these series has a Marlene. Is it, is that ghost Rider's girl, Johnny blazes girlfriend? Um, Marlene, that 
doesn't sound familiar to me, but it could be. Hmm. It's one of them. I, I it's something from one of these Marvel set horrors books. I'm pretty sure there's a Marlene. It could be. It was probably a popular name in the 70s. <laughs> so everybody had it. But <clears throat> this Miles Blackguard character says how he tells Jack how he runs an institution. And he says sometimes there are problems. And we see how they handle some of the problems that when uh, the people at the institution kind of get out of uh, hand, the uh, hired muscle will just beat the crap out of them and physically abuse them. So that's great. Oh, yeah. Well, that's yeah. how you deal with them, right? Yeah, par for the course, right? So <laughs> so Jack and uh, Marlene here have a, a little moment where they're talking, and she's kind of bandaging him up from getting a knock on the head out of the boat. But, you know, uh, he wants some answers, and Marlene's not really uh, going to give them to them because she's scared and this and that. And then her father walks in on the two of them, and uh, he says, uh, come on in here. Uh, we're going to do some uh, – I'm going to show you what goes on here. <clears throat> and he's like, you know, I got to do an – I'm sorry. He says he has to do an operation, so – <clears throat> He'll show him around a little bit more later, and Jack decides, well, he's just going to creep around on his own and see what's going on here. And oh, Ghost Moon Knight. Isn't that Moon Knight's? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think Marlene is that girl's name. <laughs> yeah, his girlfriend. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Okay, sorry. It was driving me nuts because I, I knew there's someone else important named Marlene. <laughs> it's just a weird enough name. It's not like Peter or John. You know, it's not Mary or something like that. It's, you know, that could be anyone. You know, it's a, it's a really different type name. Was driving yeah, for sure. So we see Marlene here and her father and a goon, and they're uh, in this crazy mad scientist-type laboratory, and uh, Jack is watching from above, and he's like, oh, I failed. There must be something wrong with the malfunctioning ray here, and Marlene looks up, and she sees Jack's uh, watching, and it doesn't seem like a big deal, like, okay, whatever, like, maybe she's not going to tattle on him, but he does a little more creeping around and heads to the library, and here we are, the first appearance of the Darkhold. Dark yep. <laughs> he finds a book, but oh no, it's nighttime. I forgot the moon. Crap. Mm. I really should start paying attention. He's got to get an almanac or something. Yeah, it's kind of funny, too, because he sees it there and he's like, now maybe I'll find some answers. And he goes to open it up and start paging through it. And his hands are already uh, in werewolf form. And, and honestly, <laughs> the, the front of the book here. It, it almost looks like it's like some kind of communist manifesto here. Not a, <laughs> a, a book, red <laughs> yeah, book of spells or anything here. So, yeah, he doesn't even get a chance to uh, check it out because he wolfs out. and He's having one of those urges where it's like he, he can't control himself and he just starts tearing the crap out of this laboratory. But that's a pretty good page there, 11, where it shows him changing into the werewolf. I like that. Another good yeah. job by Plug. Oh, yeah. No, that's a that's a cool like. They didn't do ish, uh, it's almost like a flat image, image of the flash mm -hmm. running. Like it's so fast. It's like it's changing, you know, cha doing all the changing bits without doing every single scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we get the uh, the goon shows up, Garth. Um, no Wayne here, just Garth. And then he's got his machine gun and he's going to shoot the werewolf. And then Jack kind of starts howling and goes blasting into this one room. And it's almost like a dungeon type room. And we see that. It's, you know, here's the the island of Dr. Moreau thing that this Miles Blackguard guy is, uh, you know, uh, kind of like mutating these people into these creatures. And they're just start going like Jack's like, hey, everybody get in here. I open the doors to let you out. So they start going bananas like they're just going to go crazy. And uh, our buddy Garth is there with his trusty machine gun and says, get back, you miserable scum, before I send you a lot straight to Satan himself. 
what? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Garth's kind of a jerk. Yeah, he gets what's coming to him. So Jack kind of le- leaps at him, and the two of them go at it. And uh, eventually here, uh, Garth gets uh, overrun by the uh, the mutated uh, people here that uh, his boss has been uh, experimenting on. So that's the end of him. And Garth also gets that moment, like, most... I was actually surprised it didn't happen in the second one, but it definitely happened a couple times, once or twice in the first and here. Now I, I'm looking forward to it each time it happens. You're not one of them. You're, you're something else. Good Lord. It's like every time it's like, Oh crap, this is a werewolf. Yeah. When people realize they're like, Oh, you got a crazy Halloween mask on. Wait a minute. It's not a mask. <laughs> yeah. We, we get that for quite some time in werewolf by night when there's the big reveal of the people don't believe there could be a werewolf and there really is. But what do you think of uh, page 16 I just jumped ahead to here? This is one of my favorite panels ever by Mike Plug on page 16, the bottom left-hand corner where we see Jack and he's in shadow, but there's like this blue hue over the top of him. What do you think of that? Oh, no, that is cool. That looks like that looks like a, a still from almost a still from like a classic werewolf, like, you know, the wolf man. Mm-hmm. You know, the, were- the wolf lurking out and you have like a nice big view of like all the special effects they put on the on Chaney Jr. Yeah, it's a man. It's a close up of his face and his hands. And like you can see his knuckles and his claws like it is really an excellent panel. Plug did there. Wow. Yeah, he's growling. You know, you got the teeth and everything. And you're like, you know, it's a wolf. It's a mo- monster in the darkness, which is even worse than when it's in the light because it can see and we can't. Mm-hmm. And then we get the uh, Marlene here and she has no fear of Jack, apparently, in his werewolf form. She's come, Jack, you've work to do. And that work must be done. She's you know, motioning to him down a hallway and she's got her candles here. And uh, we see uh, our buddy again, Miles Blackgar, as he's uh, trying to figure out, you know, what's going wrong with his experiments and this and that. And uh, he doesn't and- even know what's happening. He thinks the generators fail because Garth wasn't paying attention to the maintenance. It's that part. I kind of I like it's like <laughs> he doesn't know everything that's happening. It's, you know, he thinks he does. Mm-hmm. But like everything's escaped. Garth is dead. There's a werewolf on the property coming to kill him, and he's just like, damn it, someone keep the light. I told you to keep that damn thing generator running. Mm. And I love, too, how in these early issues, you know, Jack, you know, it's not like a lot of werewolf films where, you know, the werewolf is this giant hulking beast that, you know, if you're just like a regular dude, you have no shot. He's just going to either tear you to pieces or throw you around like a rag doll. But a lot of times, you know, he's fight facing these guys like, Craig and you know in this one this Miles Blackguard guy too and they can kind of hold their own against Jack physically a little bit but you know he tries to shoot him and you know Jack and him go toe to toe here and he even punches Jack and <laughs> knocks him down and then hits him with a chair but eventually Jack grabs a hold of him and chucks him out a I don't know second or third story yeah. window yeah no as a werewolf I like I do like that that as a wolf he is strong but he is not like super super strong Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're a strong enough person, you can at least take a, have a shot against him. Yeah, which is cool because then, you know, even when he's not fighting these, you know, crazy beasts and monsters and stuff like that, it's not like, you know, he just tears through everybody like, you know, like they're, they're just too easy. paper. Yeah, I do like that about these uh, some of these earlier ones. But um, so then again, here we go. Uh, our girl Marlene doesn't really seem to care that her dad just got chucked out of a window and probably killed. Uh, but she's motioning to Jack and, you know, uh, come on, we, come, we must hurry, darling. Come, Jack. And she's motioning to him and 
you know, she kind of grabs a hold of his hand at one point and he's just, you know, getting a little too crazy here for her. So he kind of like swats at her and knocks her down and knocks her glasses off. And this is where we see that there's something different about her. Yeah, she's basically a Medusa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a Gorgon. <laughs> she's a she's a mutant. Yeah, Which, uh, it's kind of I, funny. They used they had the X-Men then, but they still used mutant without realizing that these are all, you know, like the connotations of it. Yeah, and it's funny. She refers to herself as a mutant freak. And it's like, okay, like, y- your eyes don't have pupils. I get that's kind of a little weird, but I don't know about a mutant freak. Otherwise, she looks like a regular chick, and, you know, well, she seems very nice. Well, the turning people to stone. <laughs> Without her glasses, yeah, and it's interesting. So she explains to Jack what's going on here, and she kind of says, like, did I tell you how my mother died, Jack, in childbirth when she gave birth to this, to a mutant freak? And I do love this last page as well. It's really good. Again, Plue, great job here. He has uh, her eyes in the background glowing uh, for this effect of turning to stone and then her face in the forefront. And then we do see her walking like through a garden and there's all these guys that are, I guess, pissed her off and she has them turned to stone. Yeah, no, that last pa- that last panel is awesome. I do wish that when I even went back when I read this, I went back and looked. There are no, there's no evidence though of statues when Jack shows up, which would have been nice, mm-hmm. like a nice little kind of foreshadowing bit. Yeah, that you know the weird, you know, even if you didn't say anything, just have some weird statues around, and then you realize at the end what those were. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting. Sometimes the continuity fails a little bit. They don't, you know, from one issue to the next you know pick exactly right up here or there but i mean with this issue uh i guess the the sales numbers were in on marvel spotlight two and three um so you know even this one it doesn't really say anything at the bottom it just says to be dot 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 continued so it's not like you know what's going to happen next but he actually then transitions into a werewolf by night number one he gets his own series which is weird that they're going to start a I mean, I, I'm I'm hoping that maybe they didn't, you know, they only knew they had three issues, so they figured leave it up with a cliffhanger and see if there's enough letters to continue. But mm-hmm. if they knew the Werewolf Night Night was going to continue as a series, it's weird to have issue one be part two. Yeah, it is weird that it picks up mid-story here, but I don't know if it's uh, Stan at this point, because it's 72, so I think he was kind of on his way out. Wasn't Roy on his way in maybe as a... Editor-in-chief, but there's an editor's note here on the mail page, and it says, we interrupt this letter column for a special announcement. This issue of Marvel Spotlight is the last issue which will carry the adventures of the werewolf by night, because next time around, frantic one Jack Russell and his hairy alter ego will have their own book. And it says, you know, werewolf by night number one, and it's going to be Conway and Plug again. And they say about uh, Marvel Spotlight, you know, what's going to happen there. Um, but they don't announce what happens, but obviously Marvel Spotlight number five is a pretty big issue as well. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to remember which one's that. What happens in that one? That's when we get the Ghost Rider's first appearance. Oh, that's right. OK, according to comics at work, editor is Stan for this issue is Stan Lee. So Stan was still officially at least still doing that editor stuff. OK, yeah, I mean, it, it does sound like how he would word it, but I know Roy was you know, a big fan of Stan, so. He kind of just tried to keep things, you know, going exactly the way they had been and, you know, kind of still mimicking what Stan was doing with uh, a lot of things. So I wouldn't have been surprised either way. Yeah. 
But like I said, it's just weird that they're going to continue it on, especially since it seems like they did know that they mm -hmm. want to do a two-parter and have part two be issue one. You would think they would just have them do a one shot, once you know, one done here, and then have one and two be a two, you know, be the story. This story. Yeah, it is. It is odd. I kind of feel like if you want to finish off the second story, why don't you just do that? You know, in the next Marvel Spotlight, and then start fresh with World oh, yeah. by or Night that, Number One. Or that worked too. If like they didn't have time to do the issue, then yeah, that's just a weird thing. But I mean, the seventies, there was a lot of this Bronze Age. One of the things about the Bronze Age is there's a lot of experimentation going. Mm -hmm. And, you know, trying of new things. So I guess this was one thing that they were doing was, well, let's just, you know, have it be continued with number one to get them to buy it, even though it's weird to have a number one where if like you didn't see these and, you know, because new standard distribution, you just went, oh, werewolf, that's cool. Number one. Awesome. I am starting from the beginning. What do you mean? He's stone. <laughs> yeah. What's going that on? I'm on page one of number one. Yeah, imagine if you didn't catch Marvel Spotlight 2, 3, and 4, you're picking up <laughs> Werewolf by Night number 1, which I am seeing there was like a three-month uh, gap between the last issue of Marvel Spotlight being on sale and then the first issue of Werewolf by Night. Not sure why it took them three months to get that out there, but that came along and was, uh, it looks like uh, in the beginning it was, uh, you know, every other month for a while there. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. But yeah, a little bit of a gap there, but then you did get the Werewolf by Night number one. So, hey, that's a good thing. And I actually was able to get my hands, believe it or not, on Werewolf by Night one, two, three, and four in a lot uh, for a pretty decent price because I had been trying to get just uh, issue number one. And every time I would see it, and again, it's not even the first appearance of Werewolf by Night. So I don't know why it was so crazy. I guess it's just the number one. And every time I would see it, even in like tatters, it was going for a hundred dollars or more. And I'm like, I don't got those kind of deep pockets. So I bided my time. I ended up finding a seller and I think they had one through four. And I think it might've been a, a buy it now deal too. And I think I got all four of those for 75 bucks. Maybe it was oh, a no. pretty, yeah, it was a pretty good deal and they're in good shape too. I think one of them, the cover might be detached, but they're all in pretty good shape. So I was like, uh, I'm buying that. I'm never going to see that deal again. Oh, yeah. And yeah, you're right, because I'm looking at it now and I'm seeing it going for over well over 100 bucks. Yeah. Looking on eBay. Yeah, I was like, happy birthday to me, I think, is what <laughs> I ended up getting them for. It's like, uh, hey, wife, uh, can you, do you mind if I, you know, uh, pick that deal up? It's really good. She was like, that's really good. I'm like, yes, that's really good. Trust me on this. I'm not blowing smoke <laughs> and the best i'm seeing for number one only so far is 110 yeah yeah so yeah if you one got four. four of them for one <laughs> for 75 then yeah not bad yeah that, i thought that was a pretty good deal that's why i was like i i can't pass this one up usually i try to always get what? my comics on the very cheap oh okay never mind. i saw one i was couldn't believe how much it was but it's cgc graded 6.5 375 oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You put those things in plastic. Look out. <laughs> yep. So. All right. Well, that's good. That's wrapping up uh, Marvel Spotlight here. Like we said, it's going to transition into its own title uh, next time we uh, talk about Jack here. So I'm definitely looking forward to that because I know, you know, it's I think Conway and Plug stick around here for a few issues. But, you know, it doesn't take too long. And then uh, eventually we get some different uh, names on here. Some Len Wein, some Marv Wolfman. 
you know, Marv Wolfman writing Werewolf by Night. I mean, come on. Very appropriate. Was like, yeah, it was, he was like, <laughs> he was born to write Werewolf by Night. And let's be honest, any horror uh, at all. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're gonna, we'll see how we'll see how many more times people say, good Lord, it's not a mask. <laughs> it's really a werewolf. <laughs> and we'll see how many more. We'll see how much more angst Jack can bring out of his life. Mm, oh, yeah. There's there won't be uh, any loss for that for a long time, I think. You know, this title is an interesting title. It stays pretty much a straight up horror title until it gets into a little bit of a flux in the late teens. And then when Doug mentioned Don Perlin take over it, like maybe issue 19 or 20, somewhere in there, it kind of turns more a bit of a corner and starts to do more superhero stuff just with a horror character as the, you know, antagonist. Hmm, interesting. Well, we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, I, I did want to say, I forgot this. I didn't realize because, yeah, there is speaking of Jack's like angst, you know, it makes sense. He's 18. Everything is life or death. Oh yeah, but I, I I miss it in the, the issue three when he's hiding out in the trees from you know Nathan and his father and the police officer. Mm-hmm. They're talking, and you know the father says I'm really worried about him, about Jack. And Jack's little caption is It was a lie. I was sure of it. My stepfather hated me, just as he hated my mother before. He had her killed. But how could I ever be sure of that? How when half of my soul belonged to the fury of a wolf? It's, <laughs> oh, it's like I'm reading that going. Okay, it's one thing to say, I don't know whether, you know, how can I stop, you know, like feeling about killing and let's say like when half you use a wolf, which is meant to like kill and eat things. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about how how can I be sure about uh, possibly finding evidence of a murder? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it's like I'm supposed to go to the dentist. But how can I be sure when half my soul belonged to the fury of a wolf? It's like, yeah, oh, yeah, it's great. he's 18. Everything is melodrama. Yeah, it's great. I mean, they, I think they do eventually kind of wrap that up in a few issues. You know, the the stepfather and his shenanigans. And then Jack kind of goes out onto his own. But I do like the way this book, you know, e- even when it, like I said, it does kind of switch a little bit. And there's more superhero stuff kind of involved with it. I, I do enjoy it even then. like Because at some point he ends up being able to change at will. And I do like that because he and he changed. He's able to change at will, and then he still kind of keeps a bit of his own, more of his own brain than absolutely just freaking out all the time. Like he'll still have these times where he just can't control certain things, but then there are times where uh, he actually, you know, can speak and you know knows what he's doing and can control things a little bit too. So I like how there's that little bit of uneasy, you know, that he doesn't know if he will be able to or he won't. And that's not a bad thing, actually, I think. I mean, depending on how they do it, because otherwise he seems a bit too much like a low-power Hulk. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, no control over it, and, you know, he just turns into him at, at you know, appropriate times because he's always doing things. He only seems to do things on the on the nights of the full moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, and that, because you think about it, that would get a little old. Like, what is he doing for the other 20-some days in between all the full moons? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you're not started planning anything, Jack. Come on, start start. You have you have like 25 days. Start planning. <clears throat> yeah, it's interesting because after Plug, uh, we get a Werner Roth issue, but then we get uh, two issues back to back of uh, one of my favorites and somebody I mentioned earlier, not even thinking about it, but uh, Tom Sutton. We get a couple issues of him, and he does a really good job with you know horror. He's he's one of those other horror good. masters too. Yeah, so good stuff. And then we get some Gil Kane in there. Yeah. And Plug for a couple more issues comes back. But yeah, good stuff. Nice. Oh, oh man. And then there's the crossover with Dracula. That's good stuff, That's too. Right. 
That's a lot of fun, too. So, yeah, a lot of good, fun stuff ahead uh, for uh, Werewolf by Night. So looking forward to it, man. Uh, so am I. So am I. Awesome. So, all right. What's, uh, what do you have going on right now? As of this recording, I know you've just had, you know, some episodes come out. But what do you have coming in the future with uh, uh, Adam Warlock and Thanos? Well, we got some more stuff going on that what I call in the wilderness years over in Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast uh, on Twitter at, at, at Adam Thanos pod um, or just type in Warlock, Adam Warlock or Thanos in any pod searcher and it'll pop up because we're pretty much it. Um, but we're covering what we're calling the wilderness years still, which is that that period of time when they were dead from like 1977 to like 1990. So we're mm-hmm. just kind of covering all the stuff, the cameos of them, but also like all the pieces that are getting put in place for the Infinity Gauntlet to start. Yes. So, mm. Right now I am editing, although, I mean, this will be out a few weeks. <clears throat> this is going to come out a few weeks after, you know, we record, you know, I mean, a few weeks before this episode comes out. But mm-hmm. we are doing. I'm editing my Death of Captain Marvel ish episode. Ooh, great story! Mm. Oh god. And yeah, then we have some stuff story. coming up with uh, the Avengers meeting Nebula. Mm, okay, yep, I remember that. And also uh, the Avengers with Drax and Moondragon, and what happens to Drax, and why we get the mm-hmm. different type of Drax that we get in the Infinity Gauntlet than we did in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, man, I can't wait to you know, like you said, Infinity Gauntlet's coming up, but. Uh, I even really enjoyed that story right before there that preceded that. What was the name of that one where he, the Thanos quest? Yeah. Yes. That was really good. Oh, I like that cool. one. Yeah. That's really good. So yeah. Anybody that's looking for their cosmic kick, you really got to especially tune in for those. That's just, yeah. Infinity quest, infinity gauntlet. Oh, great oh, stuff. But forget, forget that. Hopefully by the end of the summer, because I have to coordinate still scheduling people, but by the end of the summer, we will do the most important Thanos story ever. Spidey um, Super Stories number 39. <laughs> the arrest which, of Thanos. <laughs> which features the Thanos copter. Yep. <laughs> Handcuffs can hold him. Oh, wait, they can hold him. Yes, and the police take him away. <laughs> yeah, that's great stuff, man. I can't only imagine being a kid and reading those and thinking, whoa, no way, they arrested him. <laughs> that's great. Oh man, such shenanigans! I love it, but yeah, you oh, yeah. gotta gotta it's gotta hilarious. tune in. Gotta tune in. Uh, good cosmic stuff there. So, and like you said, if anybody's looking for you, they definitely can find you on Twitter there. Yep. yep. You Go end the show. Comics. I'll talk mm-hmm. more than just cosmics. Yeah, yeah, well, that's true. Yes, let's not pigeonhole. Uh, you uh, you like tons of comics, Bronze Age, Copper Age, newer stuff. You uh, you run the gamut. All the ages. All right, my friend. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode. So I am going to let you go right now, and then I'll be back in a minute to uh, wrap things up. All right. Thanks again for having me on.
Come on, will ya? I ain't got all night, you know. you're looking for, try starting one with me! Well, Mr. Uh, John Hamner, <clears throat> you're a very lucky fella. <sighs> Helen, get me. <gasps> we need to talk. I wish you'd stop doing that. Just tangled with a mugger in a werewolf mask. I tried to stop him, and he threw a guy off a bridge. Mean anything to you? A werewolf mask? Let's take a look. Only thing that even comes close is two Alaskan Timberwolves, stolen from the city zoo last Friday. The victim's name was John Hamner. From his uniform, I'd say he works for the zoo. I doubt it's a coincidence. I'll get Bullock on it. Helen, get me Harvey Bullock. Yeah, ASAP. Hmm. Something wrong, Batman? Just had a disturbing thought, that's all. What if that guy wasn't wearing a mask? wraps up another spooky episode with my buddy Al and uh, Werewolf by Night. So tune in uh, next time if uh, you're following along with our coverage. And, you know, there's a lot of ways to read this one. You can get the essentials. Uh, they're actually coming out with Masterworks right now. You can grab them. Uh, you know, there's uh, the Epic Collections. I know some of them are pretty pricey right now, and the single issues are as well. But, you know, there's, there's lots of ways to read this, probably even digital. I'm not sure I'm not on the Marvel app, but... Uh, check it out you might be able to find it digitally as well so definitely uh, follow along and if you've got any thoughts on uh, these episodes or any other you know definitely uh, uh, shoot me an email at magazinesandmonsters at gmail.com or reach out to me on twitter at billy d underscore licious or on the facebook page just search uh, magazines and monsters thanks for tuning in everybody see you